to have a nice apocalypse. It's the Talk Film Society podcast in which we look at the works of Richard Kelly, more specifically, the movie Southland Tales. I am your host, Marcelo Pico, and with me is my fellow host, Marcus Irving. Hello, Marcus. Hello, uh, Marcelo. We are here. Yeah. Once again, but this time i know you just mentioned that this is this time it's personal i know you just mentioned that we usually talk about southland tales this time we're not necessarily here to do that well necessarily uh that's that's not what i said you're dead you're first off who are the podcast (laughs) you said the podcast folk who am uh 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 uh, oh geez little loaded question (laughs) let's see this podcast on on uh, well how about this on this we're, show, we're, how far do I go back? 1995, okay. October 20, 28th, 11.57 a.m., uh, 11.57 p.m., uh, I come out of my mother's womb. Right. Um, I escape. Um, flash forward 13 years, I see the film Southland Tales. Uh, flash forward, let's say, 14 years from there, um, I talked to Marcelo. He says, Hey, we, we got to do another podcast. This wrestling thing's not really going well. Our old wrestling <laughs> podcast. Marking and the I say, Hey, I like, uh, I like this movie Southland tales. I saw 14 years ago. And he says, perfect. We're going to do a big podcast about that. And so that's where we're here. We're at right now. Yeah, that's where we are. Good. Good job. You, I, I could not have done it better. You did a great job. Yeah. Now the thing I was trying to, to summarize trying to- a life. I was trying to correct you on one thing because the thing I always say at the start of this sh- uh, show is it's the Talk Film Society podcast in which we focus on the works of Richard Kelly, more specifically Southland more Tales. More specifically Southland Tales, but not more specifically Southland Tales today. Thank you. Okay. Less specifically Southland Tales. You made it seem like this is a Southland Tales uh, uh, exclusive show. No, no, of course not. I I apologize for making it seem that way. I am angry right now. The angriest I've ever been. And you should be. You should be. Yeah, sometimes we are the podcast that talks about Southland Tales, you know, specifically. But no, this episode is special, right? Is Is that what you were trying to say? Yeah, this episode is special, I, and, and it's special for a few reasons. We're we're halfway through our we've been blazing through this this uh, second breakdown of the film of the con cut of Southland Tales specifically. Right. So we and last time we took a midpoint break and did something else. I don't remember what we did. Some bullshit. This time we're taking another midpoint break. Uh, yeah, and we're doing it by revisiting. Where it all began. Yeah. Back, we're, with we're Richard going, Kelly. We're going back to our first topic on this show two years ago. Uh, the first thing we said to each other, we said, uh, hey, have you seen the movie Donnie Darko? What? And then we talked. Oh, I have. You've for, seen it too? Uh, you know what? I, I, I have. Do you want to do a commentary on it? I guess. So let's do that. And I think that was episode one. Sure. We did a commentary on Donnie Darko. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was how this started, yeah. And then we did a breakdown episode of the director's cut and other things in the second mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. And then we just left that behind. We didn't men- we didn't really talk about Dying Darko for no. two years. No, yeah. It, it, in retrospect, this podcast is built so weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weighted towards one thing. And we, we have three movies to talk about. 
we're two years in. We talked about one for two weeks. <laughs> we talked about another for two years. We have yet to talk about the third. <laughs> we haven't talked about the box. It's been three years now. We're in year three. We haven't. I haven't even seen the box. <laughs> Marcel hasn't seen it. I haven't seen it since it came out. So 14 years ago. <laughs> and, I, I, you know, I think. Okay, listen. <laughs> Uh, do you ever just uh, do you ever just think about the concept of this? You, you zoom the out. Show? You have the concept of this show of our lives. Of our you lives. zoom out. I I, I don't want to do laugh. it that far. <laughs> I, I, I I'd rather not. You just you just go. It's it's just co- cosmically. It seems so silly. What we're oh, doing. This is very silly. Don't get me. Uh, hey, uh, uh, I was talking about this uh, to you off mic, but I'll just say. The stresses of life uh, <laughs> and editing an episode of this show, I think, caused me to get sick. So I understand the silliness of all this. Um, but but hey, it's all worth it for the fan. I hey I hey, don't get me wrong. I love doing this. Okay, I love talking to you. I love putting out these episodes. I know people listen, not as many people as I want, but they're out. There. We've had two people. That we're, we've had two people on the show that I can confirm have listened to the show. I do think listen to the show. Yeah. So, shout out to uh, them. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Rue. <laughs> two four. Uh, yes. Literally on the last two episodes. So, hello. Yep. Um, I'm going to guess everybody else that we've had on has uh, quickly erased us from their minds. <laughs> but as soon as they. Uh, stopped stopped uh, recording. But that's not going to happen in this episode because I'm sure our guests who will reveal <laughs> later, they love I'm us. I'm very sure. Yeah, they they love they, they love us. Yeah, okay, sure. uh, the, the, uh, we have to talk about what happened in this episode. Okay, first off, it's a great episode in my opinion. I just finished editing the chunk, uh, as I call it. We 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 pre-record uh, like the the big uh, segments of the show, like weeks in advance. And then we do these intros, like, basically the week the episodes come out. So we recorded this with our guest a few weeks ago. I did have to cut some things out, um, mainly just to, you know, uh, trim. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess I can call myself an editor and producer of this show. I, I chose to trim it down to make it more focused, and also because the audio quality wasn't the best. Uh, but I can say for sure, folks... You're going to enjoy this episode where us and the guest, uh, we talk about Dunny Darko, okay, for at least yeah. an hour. That's happening on this show. With, with a real Donnie Darko superhead. Uh, and, with uh, somebody yeah. who has devoted their body, their literal body, to this film. What does that mean? You'll find out later. You'll find okay. out. So that's that's the episode to come. Now we got to go through our you know rigmarole yeah, here. The episode of, now, yeah. What, we, what the hell is this? The intro. Um, we do segments in the intro. We do segments. Yeah. Uh, first up, uh, uh, Southland Ales. Our ah, drinks drink segment. Yes, we do drinks. Uh, usually we, or I get what the concept of this segment is. Is we're supposed to prepare drinks to be thematically go along with the film Southland Tales. We're not even talking about Southland Tales today. We're talking about Donnie Darko. And so, you know, that's, that's why we didn't do any preparation this week. That's why we didn't make drinks. Okay. Yes. 
in protest of this episode not being about Southland Tales. Yeah, so I just cracked open a Mountain Dew, and that's all I'm drinking. I drink a lot of Mountain Dew, guys. Sorry. I cracked open a Topo Chico. That's all I drink. Healthier. We, uh, yeah, so yeah, the, uh, Southland Ale's done. We're drinking our normal drinks. Next segment. Yeah. <laughs> what have we been watching? What is it that we have been watching? What is it yeah. that we've been watching? Uh, 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 okay, so I'm going to go good through one. my letter box. Yeah, just, just what's the film we've seen? Or, or oh, uh, uh, I, I can go first. I saw Asteroid City, uh, the, the new Wes Anderson. I like it as much as the majority of Wes Anderson movies. And I do love Wes Anderson. Uh, but this kind of falls in a good way. It, I mean, you know, nothing can be, you know, the greatest. Uh, but it, it's right in the middle of his filmography in my book in terms of quality. So if you're a fan of Wes Anderson, go see Asteroid City. Uh, if you're not a fan of uh, uh, Wes Anderson, don't even bother bother with Asteroid City. Uh, it will not win you over. So that's my review of Asteroid City. If you're in the bag already, you're in the bag. If you're not, get out of here. Go watch uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Yeah, I'm going to go watch the monkey ape uh, robot smash. What about you, Marcus? What have you seen recently? Uh, okay, I watched uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Uh, pretty good, oh, I yeah. thought. Pretty, pretty solid, you know, kind like of funny, movie. yeah, funny dark slasher thing. Uh, these Gen Zers, how crazy they are. Um, and to balance out getting that portion of Gen Z, I went all the way back to the to the boomer age, and I saw uh, Glenn or Glenda. <laughs> um, oh yeah, uh, Ed. Ed. What's Ed? Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Yeah, Ed Wood. One of his movies. Uh, I I'd never seen it before. Um, I. It's an interesting movie. It's like it's like mostly like a PSA about the idea of cross dressing or trans women. It, it, it's it's, it, but it for something made in 1953. It is oddly nuanced about the topic. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, this is code era, right? 53. There's nothing explicit in it really, but, uh, but like it has a more nuanced take than I would expect. But also, I mean, it's probably made outside of the studio system for 50 bucks. Yeah. Good movie. I don't know. I liked it. Well, good. Even though uh, it is very PSA. Like it, it's like a, it's like a school special kind of thing. Uh yeah oh you're uh hey you're hundred percent right it is it, it's a code era film because the code yeah. the Hayes Code ran from 1934 to 1968. God, how much fucking wasted years of art we could have had. <laughs> not not that the not I mean that's ridiculous to say that nothing interesting was made during that time. Uh, specifically outside of the studio system like uh, Glenn or Glenda. Yeah. Uh, I, I have seen a few Ed Wood movies. I, I, I do love him as a filmmaker. Um, yeah. It, it kind of bugs me. Well, I think in uh, in the last uh, few decades, even, uh, his reputation has increased as a legitimate, like, you know, filmmaker rather than a joke. Yeah. 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 There is definitely that vibe growing up that the, to- the man's a total joke. Yeah. I've also seen the only other one I've seen is Plan Nine from Outer Space. And like we watched that for an appearance on the podcast Monsters Never Die. And that's a fucking good movie. Like, I, really, yeah. like, I think a totally solid uh, kind of schlocky sci fi film. And it's it's good. It's entertaining. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. 
we are pro Ed Wood on this show. And you can just find these on YouTube, by the way. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Go watch it. Go it's watch it. Long. Yeah. There you go. Glenn or Glenda. Watch that. And watch also either of them. Plan nine from outer space. Uh, okay. So that's what have we been watching? What is it that we have been watching? Segment done. Segment gun done. Richard Kelly news. Next segment. Oh, here we go. This is the meat. Let's look at the Twitter first before we get before we dive into other things. Okay. All that other news. Yeah. Um, well, actually, this ties into the other news. But uh, d- do you mind if I if I go for it? Uh, please. I mean, yeah. Please uh, have the stage, Marcelo. Yeah. I'll just go. I'll just run through these tweets, and then we'll talk about it. So June twelfth, which was yesterday, as of this recording, we're recording on the thirteenth. Richard Kelly, and this seems like this was a week ago. This is how my brain's working this week. Because I have a flight to catch in two days. Um, more, more on that later. Richard Kelly tweets out on June 12th, Southland Tales, screening in 35mm, June 17th. The Oriental Theater in Milwaukee. Musical performance by Rebecca Dorio. Q&A with writer-director Richard Kelly. We'll talk more about that in a, in a second, all right? Uh, uh, before uh, you move on here, Marcel, or, what, what, or, or what is, please, what is, what is, what is, no, 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 no please, I, I please, just want to talk it. about a reply to this tweet. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. There's a reply to this tweet from at that Kevin Smith. Oh, what does at that Kevin Smith say? He he says, "Dude, come to my movie theater in Jersey." In all caps. And let's do a Q and A screening. Text me same number. Smodcastlecinemas.com. Oh, well, there you go. Be pretty exciting. See those two back together again. Oh, I, I'm sure there's no love lost because I, I'm sure Kelly is a great guy. I'm I sure Smith is a great guy. Uh, hopefully, you know, they 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 screen that movie in Jersey and they advertise it because the next tweet is mm-hmm. uh, is a retweet from Kelly. He retweets the Plaza Theater in Atlanta. Yeah, this one's concerning. Yeah, this is very concerning. Uh, the Plaza Theater tweets. Thanks for joining us. What a special night. And they retweeted a tweet from Michael McKinney. That name sounds familiar. Have, we may have talked about him before. Um, but uh, Michael McKinney at Last One to Leave, uh, he tweeted, Q&A for Southland Tales uh, at the Plaza Atlanta um, with Richard Kelly and Rebecca DeRio. So <clears throat> Marcus sent me this enraged. <sighs> Or yeah. just confused. Well, uh, yeah, and, and me, yeah confused. Me. Tell me. A little concerned. I, I just... Okay, so we've said before, the way that we found out about this whole... This is a, this is a tour. This is a tour. Yeah. They're not just like airing in, in a couple screening uh, across the country uh, by happenstance. This is a tour where Richard Kelly and Rebecca Del Rio are traveling the country showing the film. It's called the Fluid Karma Tour. We, we have a name for it. Uh, it started in some place in Canada. Who cares? Um, it went on to um, Philadelphia. Yeah back in the States where things really matter. And then we thought that the third and final stop, because it's the only one we could find out about was this Milwaukee screening that Marcelo just talked about. And then we saw this retweet and apparently they were at the Plaza Atlanta, uh, which if you can guess is in the ATL itself in Georgia. Yeah. So I am okay. You are confused. I was flabbergasted. I'm furious <laughs> because we are not doing our job. 
I'm trying to do my job. I I feel like I, I feel like I've let you down. I feel like I've let the listeners down. Yeah, because exactly. yes, I, 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 I okay. I'm the one who found out that South Tales was playing in Milwaukee. Okay, we'll get to that in a bit. And I told Marcus this, and we, I you know he had no idea, but I found it, and I'm like, look, they're doing a tour, and like here's where they're going, at least one other place. But I had no idea about the Atlanta screening. Uh, I, I, I looked at Rebecca Dorio's website because, hey, uh, me too. Uh, I think I think last was it last week or the episode before I talked about seeing uh, Rebecca Dorio live in Dallas and she has her tour dates on the site. No mention of Atlanta. No. And she did have Milwaukee. So that was what I was like. That's the website that I trusted the most. There is no fluid Car- fluid karma tour website. There is no Facebook page that I can find. Richard Kelly has not been tweeting out these dates ahead of time. Um, maybe Rebecca Del Rio has, if she has a Twitter, I don't know. Maybe but, they're on Instagram. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. That's another, that's another thing. But yeah, I, I went to the Rebecca Del Rio's website and I only saw these three dates and I took them as gospel. It's like, okay, she seems to actually be promoting her stuff. So these are the things, but apparently there was this fourth secret, sc- even more secret <laughs> screening. So yeah, let's call it, let's call them that a secret screening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay, so, much love to 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 Rebecca De Rio and Richard Kelly. But please, I mean, we we as in the fans of Southland Tales want to see your movie. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, I, call your local theaters and just ask. Maybe by chance, maybe they are showing this and they're just not advertising. Yeah, it. Listeners, uh, yeah, check your <laughs> check your local screenings. Okay. Um, and I, I, I'm glad Richard Kelly tweeted out about the Milwaukee screening. That's great. This is the one that he actually has tweeted out about ahead of time. Yeah. Which also okay. So we talked about it last week. We're going to this Milwaukee screening. Yeah. In 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 a scant few days, me and Marcus are going to be in Milwaukee. Uh, if you don't know how this happened, listen back to a few episodes ago where we yeah. we, we, we we dove into it. Um, here's my fear. Yeah. The man, this is the first time he has tweeted one of these screenings out ahead of time. Now, what would possess a man to do such a thing? He wasn't oh. worried about promoting the the one in Atlanta. Uh, Canada. Oh, Atlanta, Canada, yeah. Or Philadelphia, neither of any, either of the three. Yeah. But this one he needs to promote <laughs> a week out. <laughs> so okay. I think... There's a possibility. No, Marcelo and I show up to this movie theater in Milwaukee <laughs> that we've dri- that we've cra- traveled so far to get to. Yeah, I I'm getting on a plane uh, <coughs> on Thursday to fly to Chicago and then drive to Milwaukee. I'm renting a car on Saturday morning and driving down to Milwaukee, taking half now, the day. I I I will say, I mean, uh, uh, Marcus is going on a pilgrimage just for this screening and to see me, of course. Um, but but I've I've had this uh, scheduled for for weeks and maybe months of me going to Chicago, Milwaukee, and it just so happened they're screening Southland Tales yeah. in Milwaukee. But it's still like it's an, it's I don't know. I, I see what you're saying, Marcus, but I have hope because 131 people liked that tweet. Uh, That's true. Uh, of, of bookmark, uh, of we got one bookmark. One bookmark. Uh, Ten thousand views. Uh, thanks, uh, Elon, for putting that feature on because we know how many people have eyes on it. Um, but yeah, so w- 
maybe there. Okay, I see what you're saying. Maybe there's a worry and nobody's going to be there. But now I think seats are going to be filled. It's going to be a sold out show. Who? I mean, I. Hey, I'm excited. You are even more excited about this. Southland Tales Cons Cut 35 millimeter with with uh, Kelly and Rebecca Dorio in person. Yeah. Wow. 35 millimeter. That, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, but uh, hey. Uh, I, I, I haven't talked to Marcus about this at all, but I'll, I'll talk to him off mic about it, but, uh, we might, if things go, you know, if, if, if we happen to find ourselves in front of Mike's, uh, uh, while we're in Milwaukee, you know, before or after the screening, we might record something there. Um, we'll post it as an episode just so I can be lazy and not have to edit like two hours worth of, um, of recordings, uh, maybe just in like a 45 minute episode or something, but Hey, stay tuned next week to see if that happens. Um, but yeah, a QRT to this tweet, uh, about the Oriental, uh, screening in Milwaukee. Uh, it's the, be the Oriental theater. Uh, uh, from, for another person who I have confirmed listens to this show, uh, Chris Elena. Um, they're a nice guy. Uh, they are in Sydney, Australia. He uh, he says he has spent the last few years trying to organize a screening in Sydney to no avail. Oh. Uh, uh, keep trying, Chris. Hope you get that done one day. That's yeah. it. And Shout out to Chris. Uh, uh, two more things. One thing is, um, I mean, the, the, again, listen back to that episode where we find out about this Milwaukee screening and how we're both going to be there. Um, but the fact that I'm going to be there that night is weird out of happenstance, but also Marcus brought up the fact that they're screening my favorite movie of all time, the same night in Milwaukee. Oh yeah. Um, and Southland tells is your favorite movie of all time, right? Marcus. Confirmed? Yeah, yeah. Both of our favorite movies are screening in the same city on the same day. Yeah. They, 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 you are happening to be there and I am forcing myself to go. Yeah. To so Southland tells is screening and also Scott Pilgrim versus the world is screening my favorite movie of all time. Um, which I'm okay to miss. I've seen that movie like 17 times in theaters. I'm seeing it one more time in two weeks here in Austin when I'm back yeah. in town. So it's fine. So that's one thing. And then another thing, which we, which we may talk about in the future, is I just heard news of Southland Tales screening here in Austin. Um but they're screening it on a day I'm going to be out of town. So, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Just, 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 I don't know. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? More, more on that later. Um, uh, uh, another screening that's happening that same day. Uh, can I get into this now, Marcelo, or do you not want me to? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, another screening that's happening this same day. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's in Chicago, actually, at the Music Box Theater, but Milwaukee's only an hour away from Chicago. This yeah. is something I, I, I know it's not super rare. I know this is a thing that people have been doing for 30, 40 years now. But I have yet to be able to go to one. I do not live in an area that's likely to do this, or at least I live far away. For, like, I'd have to take a good drive to go there to go to one of these. Uh, there's a Rocky Horror Picture Show screening uh, uh, midnight, 1159, at uh, the Music Box in Chicago uh, at, at uh, on the 17th. And so I want... <laughs> there is a... <laughs> Something I've been dying to do my entire life, and seeing it in Chicago in a big city, like and at a, a place as revered as the Music Box, um, sounds amazing. But uh, the way it's going to time out, 
uh, let's say the movie starts at, the Southland Tales starts at seven. Probably let's say a two and a half hour movie plus let's say let's 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 add an hour hour and a half onto that. Let's say I'm out of there at ten conservatively or, mm, or I, not 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 conservatively uh, optimistically. I'm out of there at ten. You're very you're being very optimistic there because I, I I'd say ten thirty. Uh, 10, 1030. Yeah. yeah. 1030 is still optimistic. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, I'm not, it doesn't seem like it's in the cards for me to go to this screening, but if anybody else is going to this screening, um, and you want to know, or any other Rocky horror midnight screening, I'm sure you can find one. If you live in any major city, I'm sure you can find one. Um, Rocky horror midnight screening. I, I, I just want to, talk about okay what you're supposed to do at one of these screenings because it, it sounds like a fun time right I'm, yeah i'm gonna cut in uh, uh editor's notes um or producer's notes uh the reason why marcus is doing this is because i cut out this from the show um <laughs> due to reasons there, there, there are good reasons why we had to cut out it's a bummer but this is why marcus is doing this here because i cut it out from the main show uh from this episode so yes continue yeah, so I, I was looking into things that like I would have to do if I were going to go to the screening. And you do have to do all of these things if you're going to go. It, well, there's tradition. There's tradition to it. Like Again, I mentioned there's 30, 40-year history of people going to these midnight screenings. Uh, these are the traditions if, you're, if you are inclined to go to one. Okay, uh, What you're going to need to bring with you uh, to participate fully, to get the most out of your 4DX experience. Um, rice. Uh, you're going to want to bring rice. Rice, And of at the beginning of the film, yeah, a bag of rice. At the beginning of the film is uh, the wedding of Ralph Hapshot and Betty Monroe. As the newlyweds exit the church, you should throw the rice along with the on-screen wedding guests. So throw some rice. Um, next thing, you're going to want to bring newspaper. Uh, when Brad and Janet are caught in the storm, Janet covers her head with newspaper. Uh, with a newspaper, the plane dealer. At this point, you should likewise cover your head with newspaper. Okay, so rice and a newspaper. That's what you got so far. All right. Um, I can I can carry this by hand so far. It's not that much. No, it's not too bad. Uh, I you probably should check with the theater if they would allow you to bring this in. But if they don't, sneak it in anyway. Uh, a water pistol. Uh, these are used by members of the audience to simulate the rainstorm that Brad and Janet are caught in. Now, do you see why you should? You, now, do you see why you should use the newspapers? Okay, so while you're while you're covering yourself up with the newspaper, uh, you should be shooting other people with water pistols and yeah. maybe maybe uh, like paint them black so they kind of kind of look real. Uh, candles and flashlights. During the there's a light verse of over at the Frankenstein place. Uh, you should light up the theater with candles, flashlights, lighters, etc. Be careful to respect the theater's policy about open flames. Remember, you are wearing <laughs> newspapers on your head. <laughs> Remember to ask the box office, what's your policy on open flames? <laughs> I brought this candle along with me. Can, uh, is it safe to light this? <clears throat> it's okay, right? Rub- rubber gloves. During and after the creation speech... Frank snaps his rubber glove three times. Later, Magenta pulls these gloves off his hands. You should snap your gloves in sync each time to create a fantastic sound effect. That sounds fun. Uh, Noisemakers. At the end of the creation speech, the Transylvanians respond with applause and noisemakers. You do the same. Uh, 
Confetti, at the end of the Charles Atlas song, reprise. The Transylvanians throw confetti as Rocky and Frank head toward the bedrooms. You should do the same. By the way, this is the official RockyHorror.com website. Yeah. Toilet paper. When Dr. Scott enters the lab, Brad cries out, Great Scott! At this point, you should hurl rolls of toilet paper into the air. <laughs> uh, we've still got a ways to go, so we're just going to recap. Rice, newspapers, water pistols, candles, flashlights, and lighters, rubber gloves, noisemakers, confetti, and toilet paper. So far, this is what you're bringing with you. Okay? Right. Uh, toast. Um... <laughs> Cooked bread. Uh, when Frank <laughs> proposes a toast at dinner, members of the audience throw toast into the air, preferably unbuttered. Okay. Things could get sticky. Preferably. Okay. Yeah. Party hat. At the dinner table, when Frank puts on a party hat, you should do the same. That was pretty tame. Uh, a bell. <laughs> During the song. Excuse me, what is your bell policy? <laughs> During this song, Planet Schmanet Janet, ring the bell when Frank sings, Did You Hear a Bell Ring? Uh, cards. During the song, I'm going home. Frank sings cards for sorrow, cards for pain. At this point, you should shower the theater with cards. And uh, finally, uh, hot dogs and prunes. <laughs> it has happened on occasion. The fans will throw hot dogs and prunes at the appropriate mention in the film. This should not be encouraged because it attracts rodents and leaves stains on the screen. Yeah, that's Screw why. that. Yeah. Screw okay. that. Okay. All right, okay. All so right. listen, Marcella, we're going to the screening, right? So we got to. So I got to pack in my bag to Chicago. Pack the suitcase. Yeah, I, I get in my suitcase. I got to pack what? It doesn't seem like too much to ask. Rice, newspaper, water pistol, candle, flashlight, lighter, rubber gloves, noisemaker, confetti, toilet paper, toast, party hat, bell, cards, hot dogs, and prunes. If you're if you're just Perfect. if you're if you're happening to go to that Chicago music box screening at eleven fifty nine a.m. Take all on that. that Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Spring all that with you. And that, folks, is our intro. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was worth it. One more thing b- uh, before before we toss it. Uh, to ourselves and our guest, um, I, I did cut out another thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, with with all the Rocky Horror stuff, I cut out um, a section where we said, or I forced our new catchphrase for the end of the show on us. Um, why don't I leave it at that? Uh, because it'll be a surprise. How about that? Um, yeah. It'll 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 seem odd for returning listeners because we have the same catchphrase for every episode, but this one is different. I'm not going to explain why it's the new catchphrase. You'll you'll know why. Uh, and uh, uh, just because we we've been doing this last couple episodes, we've we've uh, kind of thrown it to our guest here, uh, mentioned who they are and stuff, and I think this person has uh, um, reason to do so. Uh, to con- we'll, we'll 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 throw it to our guest here and congratulate them because we didn't know this news at the time. Uh, uh, Gene, our our guest our guest this week is Gene Aversa from the Waffle Press on YouTube. Uh, Gene just started a new job. Yeah, over uh over at Paramount Plus, he's assistant editor for their promo team. Yeah, so he's going to be working closely with you know like Les Moonves and stuff. So like I, I wish him a lot of luck over there. Have fun at Paramount Plus. He did tweet this out. We're not reading his LinkedIn, uh, j- uh, just so everybody knows. And it would have been in Marcus's intro, but uh, we recorded this before we got the job. Yeah. But congratulations, Gene. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, we covered everything. Folks, we hope you enjoy this uh, this episode with us and Gene talking Donnie Darko 
and then some Southland tales at the end. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, any last words, Marcus? No. All right. Take it away, Moby. You fuck ass. No, you don't say that. No, no. Let me say that. (laughs) Can't do it once. Come on. Fine. You know what? You do it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, We're back. Hey, we're back. Hey, hey, thank you. Thank you, Moby. Thanks, Moby. See you again next week. Love you. Please take your keyboard. Don't leave it here. Please. Yeah, this thing really takes up a lot of space, man. Come on. We cannot... We need the space. Always constantly tripping over it. Yeah. So um, what the fuck are we doing here? We are here yet again talking Southland Tales, as you've heard in the oh, intro yes. for this my show. My favorite thing to do. Your my favorite, favorite thing to do. <laughs> How excited are you, Marcus, to do a Southland Tales podcast? Uh, it fills my life with so much joy every time I'm reminded that I do this shit every week. Uh <laughs> It really does. It I really like does. doing this. <laughs> it's not a bit. Marcus is very serious about this. And I it's a, it's a it's both a bit and not a bit. Marcelo, what about you? I enjoy it very much. We're past two years now. Can you believe it? Yeah, I, th- I think we're hitting well uh, when when this episode comes out, we'll definitely be past the two year mark. Um yeah. going going into our third year. I've said before in the show that we've done this for three years. Technically that's true. We're now doing it in our third year. Um but what else can we say about this movie? We'll find out in this episode because yeah. we have a great guest. Uh, we should have talked about this off mic, but Marcus, do we have a? Do, I mean, how do we introduce our guest? Uh, yeah, I've got a little introduction here. Uh, probably my least, uh, probably my worst one I've ever written. <laughs> apologies oh, to our guest. Okay, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, apologies to our guest, uh, Roddenberry, Hackman, Smart, <laughs> Siskel. Simmons, Hollywood, Triple Horn, <laughs> Levi's, Bootcut, Flared, Skinny, Delmon 23, Commerce Quay, 1080 Brussels, mm-hmm. DNA, all famous jeans, mm-hmm. but they all bow at the fucking feet of our guest here. He's a, he's a co-host of The Waffle Press with friend of the site, Diego Crespo, which is, it's like a movie hangout show or something on YouTube. Yeah. And he worked on G4, and I think he's an oh, editor. No. Hey, yeah. Universa, what's up? <laughs> hey, hey how you doing? It's uh, good to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I know this is a long time coming, so it's cool to talk Southland Tales. Uh, appreciate well, the intro, yeah. Yeah. I mean, of, uh, build up there. Ooh. I don't know if I could uh, satisfy the, uh, the listeners after that, but we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> that's we'll that's our journey too on the show is to satisfy the listeners. We, we've come close, but I think this episode will finally get there. Um, uh, uh, we've been edging them for a while. <laughs> we really yeah. hope to finally get this satisfaction. <laughs> it's all good. This this that's not this type of show. Let's back off from that. Uh-huh. Let's, let's not turn yeah. this blue. Uh, Marcus, by the way, <laughs> by the way, thank you for, for that intro. I I, uh, I think it's as good as any other intro. So so don't uh, you know don't don't think so poorly of yourself. Uh, that's uh, I I, I like it get a lot. some self confidence. <laughs> uh, I've only been doing this for two mm-hmm. years. 
<laughs> Quiet, Marcus. Gene, thank you for coming on. Um, now, yes, sir. I, 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 mm-hmm. I uh, we've talked before. Uh, you know, off. You know, uh, in in the real world, I've met you yes. in person. That was that was great yeah. hanging out with you a few uh, uh, oh, months yeah. ago. Um, and also, I've been on your show. I think you were on an episode of a series I tried to do, but uh, I uh, I uh, aborted that series, so that episode never came out. I think we talked no, Predator Two. Um, I mean, I have a lot of files mm-hmm. on with a lot of people recording episodes of shows that never come out. So uh, <laughs> I like to apologize on mic uh, to you for never releasing that show. You know, it, hey, it'll come uh-huh. out eventually, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, maybe. I, I still have those files. <laughs> Um, but just <laughs> I, <laughs> locked I, I, in a vault somewhere. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 locked away in the Talk from Society vault. Um, but I, I know who you are. Uh, hopefully, folks listening, they know who you are. But Marcus, I'm going to turn to you. This is a segment of the show where I say, Marcus, why do Gene? I know who our guest is? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my okay. God. <laughs> Gene, I do not know you as well as Marcelo. I've not met so you good. in real life. We don't talk or anything really all that much ever. But oh. you have been in my circles forever, ever since I joined Talk Film Society. You've been around. Oh. I, I, you've been around, yeah. and I think you're a pleasant guy, and I like oh, when you pop up. And Marcelo, when it comes to this show, you're so welcome. When it comes to this show, Richard Kelly. Director of Southland Tales. We don't, what I usually do is I just search the word Southland Tales on Twitter and find people that have mentioned it and say, please come on our show, please, daddy, please. <laughs> and it works 90% of the time. Yeah. But uh, this time, I saw something else. I didn't do that. I saw a, a tweet from Gene showing off his sick as hell Donnie Darko, Frank the Bunny tattoo. Whoa. And I was like, okay, this guy's a fan of at least Donnie Darko. Let's talk, let's see if we can get him to talk about Southland Tales and Donnie Darko, because if he's this much of a fan of Donnie Darko, I want to talk to him. So, yes. with that said, we're going to talk a lot of Donnie Darko on this episode, I think. Like, we all okay. rewatched it for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm excited to do that, because after... Like what? What do you say? Seven years, Marcelo, of doing this show, just this talking about Southland Tales. Yeah, yeah. And we covered Donnie Darko at the beginning. I think it's cool to come back to it now. But first, Gene, tell us about the tattoo. What's up? Oh yeah, that? yeah. No, that was my first tattoo, so that was a interesting experience. It's like all of my uh, sleeve of my arm here, and it's uh, it was very painful after a while. It's uh, tattoos are interesting because <laughs> it's like a cat scratching you and that's like you know after a while your like brain kind of like numbs it out you know endorphins kick in but then after after a bit you're just like it starts like hurting (laughs) because you lose the endorphins and it was just like the guy asked the guy like how close is it to finish and he's like oh man it's another hour or so and i'm like god damn it um but yeah i think i had a friend with me and I was like, I think she was like, because she uh, was giving me advice on tattoos. And I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm like, can you come over here? And she's like, oh, what is it? I'm like, can you just like hold my hand for like the rest of this uh, appointment here? And so she was like doing that. And I'm like, God damn, because it, it does hurt. But I did get this for my uh, 30th birthday. And it's uh, it's great. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking like, oh, friends have tattoos. I'm like, I need something special so i chose like one of the movies that got me into like films and 
uh, movies and everything back in like high school. I think I rewatched Donnie Darko a bunch of times. Like a friend lent it to me. Both cuts of the movie was on DVD, and uh, yeah, I think it was in my last year of high school, so it really resonated with me. I think I really enjoy that movie. Um, I think it's like I don't know. Uh, people, some people don't like it. I'm like, it's 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 very much like a unique film, and yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I love that one. Um, I think the director's cut's a little bit better. And oh, okay. Se- we'll yeah. definitely talk about that. So, so your tattoo, it's it's, it's Frank the Bunny, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, Frank. Yep. It it looks so cool. It really does. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a keeper, the, you know. Uh, the artist did a good job. Yeah, he he did great. Uh, I don't know if you watched the movie, but yeah, he did a great job. He earned that money. Um, (laughs) And, you know, if I'm going to have something imprinted on my arm for like the rest of my life, I'm glad I chose this. So you mentioned that the film was like a it's uh, it was like a gateway for you Mm -hmm. um, into into getting into film. I feel that same way. Marcel, we discussed this on our first episode about Donnie Darko. We brought that up that. This is like a f- getting into film gateway for a lot of people, Donnie Darko, yeah. for whatever yeah. reason. It's kind of like, and we, 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 akin to Drive, which I think both of those movies for me, even though they're from different periods, like they seem to be like it, gateway into film movies. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of cool to hear that from another person. So th- does, the, does the movie have uh, any other significance for you, or is it mostly that, like, uh, it brought you to one of the major loves of your life. Yeah, I think, yeah, just definitely brought, you know, more films into my kind of knowledge. And I don't know, I mean, I think like it was one of the, those like films in high school where you just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You like kind of watch it like, you know, one of the first films where it's like, I don't get this. And then you have to like rewatch it and watch it again. Like look up like the screenplay and everything. So uh, that's like, you know, Almost your gateway into like David Lynch films or like other types of like weird films like that, you know. I, I you know, I think for me, and nobody asked me, I'm gonna answer the question. No, sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I think for me, it's around the same time that Donnie Darko came out. For me, my big gateway, and one that you know I wouldn't mind having a, t- a tattoo of. And by the way, Gene, that uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. that. Um, the little detail of like cat scratching uh, you, uh, you know, as uh, yeah. the, the, that feeling. Thank you for saying yeah, that because like, I, that. I, I have not, I don't have a tattoo yet. I've always thought okay. about yes. getting one, um, and uh, you know, I have an idea for one. But if I were to have a tattoo on a movie that became like a, a gateway movie for me to love other movies, it probably it would probably be be uh, Kill Bill. Because it's one that Ooh. I read the screenplay for, I was obsessed with, mm-hmm. I rewatched a lot, saw it in theaters multiple times. Like that for me kind of broke the gate and I became obsessive after that. But that's that's kind of my Donnie Darko. Uh, uh, Marcus, do you have one? I mean, I, I guess you answered it, Drive, right? It would be Drive, yeah. But would you get would you get a tattoo for Drive? Uh, yeah, I get the get the scorpion. Scorpion, scorpion oh, okay. from the jacket. Yeah. Scorpion, yeah, the the back thing that would be yeah. awesome. Yeah, would you get it on your back, just like the scorpion on your back? Full back tat. Yeah. Full back tat. It, it yeah. would make it well, not nice. even back, like all all full torso, like I'm wearing the jacket. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Let's see. Where do we go from here? Oh, where do oh, we go? Gene, I also mm-hmm. saw you took your little tattooed arm over to the. 
what is it oh, called? They... The Academy Museum. Mm-hmm. And you oh, saw yes. something special in person. Please tell us. Oh, yeah. I saw a, uh, I think they, I guess they donate some of the costumes and props they have there, but they had the costume for Frank the Bunny there. So anyone that's like a fan of Donnie Darko, definitely go there because it's like, I've seen some cosplays of Frank, but seeing the actual costume that guy uh, wore and probably sweated in and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, put himself in i'm like oh this is great so i just took a little photo and it was nice it was uh, pretty cool but yeah it's just like oh this is a once in a lifetime thing here so that's that's cool that's amazing i i I love Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff um i i i recently um went to new york and went to one of their museums i forget the name of it uh one of their modern film museums and went through like this display of props like they had the uh, the muppets a lot of muppets uh, props there and i just love that shit i i i yeah. i want to see stuff like that in person seeing the bunny suit in person you know that blew my mind too they the don't yeah that would be that would be a crazy one for me i i, I we took a trip uh, to new york in uh, uh like middle school for school and uh i think I, the only thing I can remember is uh, the the ruby slippers. From oh, that that'd be awesome! Oh, oh that that's is so nice. very cool. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, the cane from Citizen Kane? They <laughs> <laughs> right. goes joking with friends. I'm like, they have to have that. The cane. That that's a Simpsons joke, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I forgot yeah. they go to like Planet Hollywood or something, and it's like Lisa's like, "There's no cane from Citizen Kane," <laughs> or the script from The Cable Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's also a, a joke in that episode. Uh, but this is not the yeah. Simpsons chat. Hey, you know what? Hey, here's a question for for the listeners at home. Has or maybe maybe Gene knows. Uh, I don't think Marcus mm-hmm. watches the Simpsons that much. But has there been? I'm sure there has been a Richard Kelly uh, film reference in a Simpsons episode. There it's, has been on, to uh, it's been on for like 35 years now or yeah. something. Yeah, Donnie Darko reference. Maybe. Yeah, the yeah, bunny has to, had to have shown up in 35 years of Simpsons, right? Maybe. I don't know. It had to be in like a newer one because it's like some of those like newer ones, they throw out like the most like random references. I haven't like uh, like watched a whole lot, but there's like stuff where it's just like they're referencing like, I don't, I don't know, like Trump's in it a lot for some reason. <laughs> uh, Bernie's in it. It's just like there's a whole episode where it's like dedicated to succession but like oh, okay. they they bring they bring some of the vo- the actors from Succession, but not all the actors. So it's like the guy who plays Cousin Greg's in there, but it's like they don't have that the the actress for like Shiv or like uh, Logan. They get like another actor, and it's like so weird. I'm like, you just should have if you're gonna do this, like get all the you know, yeah. get Jeremy Strong or someone, you know, get Karen Culkin. Yeah, later Simpsons are so weird. I, I mean. If you can't get uh, Sarah Snook, then why even bother? Yeah, just just put yeah, that episode exactly. in the bin. All right, mm-hmm. that's okay. my that's my position okay. on the show. I've done I've done research here. Oh, okay, good. Breaking news. Oh, Marcus <laughs> looked it up. Okay, in the nineteenth season of <gasps> The Simpsons, there's an episode called "Eternal Moonshine of the Simpson Mind." Ooh, uh, this is two thousand seven. Uh, apparently, at the end of the episode. The creature standing on the stern of the party boat at the end is the rabbit from the film Donnie Darko. There you go. There you go. I'm trying to find a picture. I'm not finding it, but uh, apparently it's in there. 
Okay. Confirm. Oh, look it up on yeah. HBO Max, or excuse me, Disney Plus, because for some reason they're on. Oh there. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, head to Disney Plus. Great uh, service. We should also uh, push <laughs> that. Uh, everybody subscribe to Disney Plus. Uh, what? Uh, what if? <laughs> what if Disney Plus just like tomorrow said, "Hey, we're gonna have the Southland Tales cons cut on here now." <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We don't. You know. <laughs> we'd all say yes finally we're on Disney's side you know forget all the <laughs> forget all the shit they've done before in the past mm. now we can be loyal Disney Plus subscribers because we can watch the Southland Tales cons cut uh, whenever we want uh, but we'll get to that in a second uh, Marcus do you have any more questions for, for Gina but uh, I mean no this is definitely the Donnie Darko segment let's get further into this okay yeah Donnie Darko Donnie Darko Donald Darko all right, Donald. Mm-hmm. Darko, yeah. That's his full name. Yeah, it is. It is. Sh- should we talk about the director's cut now? Sh- should we kind of get into that? Because I, I, the, the, the uh, Gene, you brought up that you prefer the director's cuts over the I theatrical. Do, yeah. Cut. Um, I want to talk about that because it's at this point they're inseparable. Um, you can't mm-hmm. talk about one without the other. But when did the director's cuts uh, come to you, or when did you watch it? Did you watch it first? Or I'm sure you watched the theatrical cut first. Tell me about your relationship with the director's cut. Yeah, so I watched the theatrical cut first, and then I watched all the, you know, bonus features, deleted scenes, and then I watched the director's cut, director's cut, which uses some of those deleted scenes. And yeah, you know, I think I watched them pretty much like the day, like the day after each other. So I probably uh, rewatched it through the director's cut and. Yeah, I think the explanation, because some people don't like that over-explanation that they have in the director's cut, where it's like chapters and, you know, little, like, deleted scenes that explain everything, but I think they work, because it's like, it's, I want to say it's a confusing movie, because it's like, if you just watch the theatrical cut, you'll, you'll get it enough. But yeah, I think the director's cut just really adds to it, it kind of adds to the characters and this is why i like it um some of the music choices that they go with are more interesting except one which i think they they changed uh that song from the church which is under the milky way tonight they changed it to something else but yeah there's uh some good changes like the, they, the, they make the in voices there. carry they add that into the bedroom scene right yeah i really like that music song yeah music it's rad yeah, and then, uh, yeah, Director's Cut's just cool. Um, you know, some commentaries. I think, like, Kevin Smith has a commentary yeah. on there for some reason. Because <laughs> I guess that leads to leads to Kevin Smith being in Southland Tales. We, yeah. we, we talked about uh-huh. that, right, Marcus? Of course we have. And there's yeah, no way we, we haven't talked we, about it. But okay. how, yeah, you, <clears throat> do you want to get into it? Because I, I, I forget why I, I he's on do. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Well, okay. I'm just going to get into my experience first here with what I did for this episode. So, yeah, <laughs> what you did. Okay, okay. my first, my uh, this is going to be long. The first time we covered Donnie Darko, right? And we we're going to we were going to watch the director's cut. Like the we wa- we did a commentary of the first movie, and then the second one, second episode, we did the director's cut. We just talked about it. So I had a really hard time of getting a hold of the director's cut. Oh, I, that's right. I, yes, okay, I kept yeah. looking. Okay, so like at some point I owned a Blu-ray of it and it's like a Blu-ray that's like worth money now. Wow. Um 
of the director's cut, and I only know that I own it because I have the slip cover hanging on my wall. Uh, mm-hmm. But I have no idea where the case is. Um, but uh, so I have that Blu-ray slip cover. I was trying to find how to watch the director's cut online. So many like subs- subscription services had uh, like claimed that they had it. And then when I like went to them, they did not have it. They only had the original movie or maybe they had nothing at all. It's just in their directory or whatever. Maybe it had been there at one point, uh, including Canopy. I went through the trouble of getting, wow. of oh, renewing, no. <laughs> renewing <laughs> a library card to get on Canopy. And then I get there and it's not there at all. Um, so I ended up buying it on iTunes because it's That's listed right. as an extra Ooh. on iTunes. But you can't watch iTunes extras through any apps, like on the PlayStation or whatever. So the only way to watch it was like on my shit, my phone at the time, which was like really shitty and had a cracked screen and sucked. So I had to watch the director's cut that way. I'd seen it before as a kid, but mm-hmm. so anyway, that I went through all that annoying shit for that episode. That was back in 2021. Um, like, whatever, like and I had two yeah. something of this show, yeah. And I had bought, and I decided I was going to buy the Arrow Blu-ray release of the director's cut. Oh, yeah. Um, But it wouldn't get here in time, so I had to watch that iTunes version. And, like, right after we did the episode, right after I had bought the Arrow Blu-ray, they announced the Arrow 4K. (laughs) So I ended up rebuying the movie a third time within the span of like a week or something, spending so much money on this fucking movie. So anyway, anyway, I have a lot of ways to watch this movie. And when I went to watch this, I ended up looking it up on YouTube and then just watching a rip that somebody had (laughs) instead of watching any of my copies. Forget the pristine 4K (laughs) Blu-ray Arrow release. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just watched a rip on YouTube. Okay. So yeah, it was like a 480p or 720p or something. It looked and sounded terrible. And it was all completely out of laziness that I watched it on YouTube. So I was like, so 15 minutes in, I was like, this this sounds too bad. I can't do this. And I got up and I finally put in the 4K and watched it for the first time. Uh, nice. So that's my story of watching this movie for this episode. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it was like... It's a good story to tell, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it is a good story. All things, cons- <laughs> all things considered, I mean, that's that's weird. Canopy is like kind of this like um, undis- you know, you, you find like the most like everything on Canopy, and then yeah, Canopy is a great service. I mean, yeah. Just having a library card, that's it. I mean, it's it's really great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I have an Apple TV, and um, but subscribe I had- to Disney Plus. That's the one we're pushing. Yeah, because Disney Plus now has the Southland Tales Cons Cut uh, streaming. Mm-hmm. And, and the Simpsons episode with Donnie Darko. Yeah, 100%. Um, I have an Apple TV. I have Donnie Darko uh, digitally on iTunes, and I had the choice of watching the director's cut, but I went with the theatrical cut um, because I prefer the theatrical cut over the director's cut. Uh, and I think I've always had that feeling. I can't remember... Uh, if my mind changed after we talked about it uh, two years ago, Marcus, um, I, I don't. I don't think it did. No, I, I think our consensus, and I still think this way, is I like a lot of the scenes that felt like they had to be cut out just to make the movie shorter. Um, like there's 
extended scenes uh, with more like of the parental relationship stuff. Like I, there's one particular scene between Donnie and his dad there and sitting in the mm. backyard that like I find really moving and it's a really great scene. And then there's another one later with his mother before she heads off to, um, to uh, get on the plane. Yeah. Sparkle motion. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> there, there's a couple, there's a handful of like really great scenes from that. Um, but on the whole, I think it does over explain itself too much, but mm-hmm. I wanted to watch the director's cut this time around to, uh, because I it felt like in the spirit, cause we're watching the con cut of the whatever. So like, let's oh. watch the more yeah. director's cut. That version. makes sense. I, I should have done that then. I, I and didn't, I, I didn't <laughs> it's fine. And I, I came away thinking that like, I still, I like both versions a lot. I, I do not dislike the director's cut. I would say never watch the director's cut if you if it's your first time watching the movie. No, yeah. Definitely yeah, don't do agree. that. But it's like, if you get obsessed with the first, with your first time watching the theatrical cut, then go to director's cut if you want. As much as it explains, it also, I think, adds a little bit more mystery too. Like the, the parts that I, that I think are cool are like the, the weird like excerpts from the book from the book of time travel or whatever mm-hmm. um, that they add in like, kind of as interstitials between scenes. Um, I think those are interesting. And uh, it, as much as it takes away some mystery, it adds some. So like it, it, it does both. It's not a perfect movie. It's not a perfect cut of the movie, but like, I, I do like that. He, he took a swing. Like he didn't just like add a few scenes or whatever, or lengthen stuff or choose different takes. He, he, he took a big swing, the director's cut. And like, it makes yeah. sense that it's so polarizing. It does. Yeah, it does actually. Yeah. And because like it's the director's cut. So like we should see in, in the name, in the name director's cut, like, it makes sense that we see the full vision of what the director thinks this movie is. So like, right. in, yeah, like in that way, it is like a true director's cut. Yeah, absolutely. No ambiguity. I, this is what he feels. Now I do wish I had seen the director's cuts um, because mm. I, uh, but I still, okay. I, I think we should like talk about this recent rewatch. We all had about the movie. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, because I'll start by saying, I'm happy I rewatched it in the middle of us doing this new season of like mm-hmm. re- reanalyzing Southland Tales because it very I, 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 it didn't hit me because when we first talked about Donnie Darko we didn't like it, it was like at the beginning of our journey of Richard Kelly obviously you know before all the Southland Tales deep diving so now coming back to it um, I'm like oh this is definitely. <laughs> this is a perfect companion yeah. piece to Southland Tales. It, I, it, I had the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm astonished how well or how much they tie in, in, into each other. Like thematically, uh, the protagonist the protagonists each are both like on a deadline, like following mm-hmm. this path of uh, apocalypse, predestination. Uh, yeah, predestination. It's it's amazing. I, I think it's incredible now, having seen and analyzed Southland Tales as much as I have, to watch Donnie Darko and go, oh, yeah, 
he has his thing and i i haven't seen, I, I haven't seen the box yet <laughs> yeah. so i don't uh-huh. know how much of the thing uh is in the box but danny darko south on tales it's like god damn it i wish he did like five more movies uh you know in in, yeah. the, in the span yeah. of us not seeing a richard kelly project but yeah that, that's my initial thought seeing mm-hmm. danny darko again this time around but yeah um gene i mean uh, uh how do you feel uh, and also like how many times have you have you seen this? Is this one you regularly rewatch? Uh, yeah, too many. I think like the last time <laughs> before this rewatch, I probably saw it sometime during COVID. I think yeah, that was kind of like one of the movies I rewatched. And yeah, when I was a kid too, yeah, definitely rewatched it a bunch. But yeah, um, yeah, anything that I picked up, just kind of rewatching it. Um, I really, I really like the because it's like all the characters. I think are really strong as like. Donnie and his sister, played by his actual sister. Um, oh yeah, you know, uh, was it Maggie Gyllenhaal? Yeah, she's great in it. Their little, their their friend relationship is just really true to like you know actual siblings. <laughs> you know, they just call each other like fuck asses, and just for a no, like no, no, no warning either. It's just like you're just a fuck ass for whatever you know and i'm like oh good writing there uh you know things with like um you know i forgot how kind of like what's her uh gretchen really like she's in a couple of scenes in that movie like their relationship goes by like really quick it's just like meet meet all right now we're like going out won't kiss you though and then it's like oh okay they kiss each other then they're like boyfriend and girlfriend and it's like god this is a lot happening because it's like that was one of the you know i really enjoyed that that aspect of the film when it first came out or excuse me when i first watched it yeah the coming of age stuff but like hmm, it's it feels like a little like quick and i'm like okay um and the director's cut yeah it gives it more time to breathe but yeah i was uh enjoying i also enjoy how like funny this movie is too yeah like some of the some of the cuts like it's like he tells the teacher like to stick the card like up her ass but it's like they cut like right before he tells her that you know <laughs> and then they have her later explain it uh he t- he wanted to forcibly insert the card inside of my anus <laughs> yeah <laughs> such a good cut good editing it's really fucking funny um also too like they kind of like who's who of like emerging like uh actors in this movie Seth yeah. Rogen's in it for some reason, like Ashley Tisdale. Always throws me off. Yeah, yeah. Ashley Tisdale. She's in the movie. She's in it. She's like the younger sister of like one of the characters. I had no idea. Yep. Yeah. Pat. Well, yeah. Of course, Patrick Swayze's in it. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Um. With like, uh, who is the the bully? Like the guy that's like bullying the shit out of Donnie. Yeah. Who is he? I, oh, I, okay. I don't know. Uh, what, God damn it! He, cause he's like a musician, and then he was like, in Gate Alex Greenwald, who's in Phantom Planet. They do the song California. <laughs> Whoa! I didn't know that was yeah. that guy. Wait. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, I know a lot about this movie. Incredible. <laughs> um, and then he was like engaged to Brie Larson, so that was a thing. What the but fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people in this movie, but yeah, that's like off the top of my head. Jenna Malone, obviously. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Oh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah, she was Can the producer. We, I, I want to pause for a second. Drew Barrymore, breathtaking. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, 
I think I shared on on Twitter when I when I saw this again last week, like how amazing she is. And then I did a search like last time I saw it for for this show like two years ago. I tweeted the exact same thing. Like I I don't I don't know what it is about her in this movie, but she's just she's gorgeous, amazing, yeah. gorgeous, and mm-hmm. sensational. Her performance in this the way incredible. Her she has so much confidence, and like the way that she is shot is like so. It feels like Richard Kelly just like gets it you know like yeah, he, yeah. he lets her be her really well uh, i will say though she's like the worst teacher in history uh, <laughs> oh <guess>. yeah <laughs> yeah uh, sit next to the boy that you think is the cutest like yeah. that is so that, what a fucked up thing to do to somebody yeah it's like on her first day too on her first day of fucking high school <laughs> it's like mortifying like in trauma traumatized kids for life doing that <laughs> yeah uh, um, I, I think i think my favorite joke from the movie it always makes me laugh uh is it's like the one maybe the first time when they're out at the bus stop and they're smoking cigarettes um uh one of the kids gives donnie a cigarette and then the kid says that's some good shit huh and donnie says it's a fucking cigarette (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one yeah so you like little stuff like that it's like fucking funny in that movie yeah, yeah. I, I, one, one thing I caught uh, along those lines is like those smaller, well, not smaller, there's more like, um, you know, coming of age moments, those like, they, they feel almost personal. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much Richard Kelly put his own, um, like, life into this, like his own life experience. It, it there's, feels, def- there's definitely a lot. Yeah. Like, uh, the, the scene with the cards, he said that dur- that absolutely happened to him, uh, putting the cards oh. on the wall. And like, Growing up in like a, he grew up in a, uh, a church school, like going to a church mm. school. Yeah, like Catholic school. I think it was Methodist. Oh, okay. And so I, I can imagine like um, that. Also, that scene where he talks to his friends, which I always forget about. Like Darren Darko has like oh, friends the scene for out, a moment. Yes, the scene out. Yeah, the field where he's <laughs> shooting the gun. Yeah, he's shooting the gun. He's talking about Smurfs, which is a very, in, in my opinion, yeah. like kind of like a post Pulp Fiction Kevin Smith sort of scene. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Kevin eh, Smith. Exactly. I get it. He's, yeah, well, he's, Kevin Smith. He's trying to trying to be like Tarantino, kind of yeah, 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 something like profound you know but I, but i do yeah. like it yeah. overall because it does it does capture that sense of like just a bunch of you know snot-nosed kids shooting a gun in the middle of a field what else are they going to do in the small town i like i do mm-hmm. like that scene but it that, those smaller moments really caught my eye this time i'm like oh that's right he captures that so it's like growing up in the what is it 1988 i i, I you know I, mm-hmm. I i think he captures that pretty pretty well for for a movie like this yeah i I think the thing that really popped out to me as new that like i don't think i've ever really thought about before is just how unnatural and kind of bizarre the whole movie is and i don't think i've ever noticed that because of watching south i I would not have noticed that really i've i've obviously it's kind of a weird movie but like all of the dialogue feels like kind of like poetically surreal like nothing really feels supernatural to me and Mm -hmm. i think i'm getting that mostly from watching so much southland tales which is exactly that where nobody acts like a real human um and then i come back and come back to donnie darko through that lens it just it feels the same way it feels like a first shot at like he's he just has his own world like he has his own way of how people talk or whatever like Mm -hmm. like he richard kelly really he is he's only made three movies but he is like sadly yeah a note like 
he has such a voice, such a specific voice that I don't really feel anywhere else. And like, yeah, oh, the score too. The score really uh, pops up. Yeah, I I like that one. Yeah, they have obviously some like good, like banger uh, 80s songs, but like the soundtrack too of like Gretchen's theme, uh, like the theme of like, was it like Middlesex? The like the school is like, that's a really good little theme or... Was it like, uh, riding their bikes out in the dark? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like philosophy of time travel. That's that <laughs> track. I, I had the soundtrack on. I guess like Mad the Mad World cover would be a part of the soundtrack because that was the yeah. original recording, I believe. Yeah. So the the film was like big in England apparently because of that song. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah. yeah, good soundtrack. I've got the soundtrack pulled up uh, by Michael Andrews. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it does have Mad World, Head Over Heels, and The Killing Moon yeah. on there, too. Yeah. By the way, The Killing Moon by Echo and the Bunny Man. I think that's funny. Yeah, very, yeah. very appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and it does say here 2004 British re-release. But, yeah, yeah I mean, you're right, Gene. I mean, it was, it was a hit in, in uh, the U.K. that they had to re-release it with, like, bonus tracks. So, there you go. Yeah, after uh, after traveling there, people are really depressed. So I think it resonated. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I got over there. Captures Some the people vibe. Are really depressed. Yeah, because it rains all the time. I don't know. This is half remembered, so this will probably suck and not be worth it. Uh, so the <laughs> we talked about predestination earlier. So in in Richard Kelly's view uh, that he said in the commentary is that he believes every single person in the town is an actor in this play or whatever trying to get Donnie to this point. Uh, oh. They're not that they're, not consciously but subconsciously, um, and like uh, like literally every single character he believes is. Uh, some player in the in the universe, like being played by the universe, trying to get Donnie to the point where he uh, goes through the wormhole and gets killed. So, like, I think it's very funny <laughs> to zoom out <clears throat> and look at that on macro level. That this whole movie is about a town full of people trying to convince a teenager to commit suicide. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Or yeah, it's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, yes. I'll the fifth on that. You know. But but how uh, we've talked, Marcus and I have talked about the ending. Uh, I think ad nauseum before. I remember the, that conversation. Yeah. But yeah, G- I, I remember you're like when we watched it for the show. This was like your first time like understanding the ending. I remember that. Yeah. More so. And and even watching it now. It, it sort of hit me in a way of like, okay, I, I remember I have to talk about when we first talked about it, Marcus, because I seem to remember us like trying to figure out the movie um, and like what happens in the end. But then watching it this time, I'm like, oh, I, I understand what happens. And maybe I've already hit this point and I'm just repeating myself, but mm-hmm. let's talk about the ending. Um, I guess initially or maybe before rewatching it for this show long ago um i just didn't get why there would be a a wormhole uh, in the end and who exactly made the the you know the the time travel possible but it's donnie because he's read the book mm-hmm. like he it's it's him that creates the wormhole that causes him to die he, he right he, he's the one who does it because he's he, i think he even says in the movie it's like 
I know how to do this. Like I, I've read the book. So am I off base here? Is is, is it really that like uh, simple that he is the one who creates this vortex that ultimately kills himself because he wants to save the, the people he loves, right? Is that is that really uh, the end of the He reads Grandma Death's book, right? And yeah, then- he reads the book. I think that's understanding kind of what's going on. But I think it's like something in his timeline. I'd have to re- I have like all the... I'm a little rusty with the uh, mythology, but it's like something because I have the books or the script book, which explains I, a lot. I was, was going to ask you about that. Do you have you read the Donnie Darko book, like the official yeah. like, companion book thing? I yeah, I do. I own it actually. Uh, someone got it for my birthday one of these years, and I haven't read it in ages. But it's like I think something happens in this timeline, which is like it gets uh, the the metal. Was it that the plane engine falls through the timeline? unexplained in the original uh, timeline and that causes things to diverge to where there's like an alternate timeline Ah. and the reality in itself is like collapsing so he has to return his timeline to the original point of origin which is like when that thing falls because it's like he's kind of more or less predestined to die sadly yeah, so I, I believe that's the gist of it, but I, I could be wrong in bits and pieces there. Yeah, that, that's that's really cool. That's really cool to hear it like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I guess no no too much random knowledge. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's what the show is all about. We know too much random shit about Southland. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the the thing about the ending that really strikes me, at least in this view, like God, what a fucking downer, uh, sad, you know, like very like melancholic, sad ending, like not like like sad movie ending but i'm like god when i really think about it, it's like it's about like this family losing their son yeah you know you know they're just like in this town that probably doesn't really care you know and it's just them and it's like i don't know yeah this girl that he loves never even knew he existed or maybe she kind of does i don't know she doesn't really remember like god damn that's fucking depressing (laughs) that's sad it's like a deeply sad thing for me i don't know for me i take the ending of southland tales as being a is being really hopeful. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I could take Donnie Darko as being hopeful. Like it is a very big downer ending to me. When, uh, uh, one thing that really like made me think more about the ending, like different way was like when, when he like is in the old, uh, I can't even describe it. Like when he's back in his bed before the, the plane engine falls on him, he laughs. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know how I felt before uh, that. Maybe I, it's 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 a detail like I may have touched on before, and I don't know why I said before. But seeing it now, I'm like, like why does he laugh? Like, it, does he laugh because he's figured it out? Because he's he, he's happy? It's like, oh, it worked. Like all like all this uh, what, what people may think of like nonsense or these theories. Like it all worked. Like, is that why he's laughing or is he laughing for any other reason? I don't know what, what you guys think of that particular moment, but that struck me in a weird way that I'm tr- just trying to unwrap, you know, as I talk here. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think, yeah, he, he is able to, yeah, fi- I think he realized like the work. I think Richard Kelly talks about in one of the commentaries because like you hear the actual Frank honkiness horn, like we did it. And then, yeah, Donnie is just... I guess, yeah, he's just more or less content because it's like, I guess he, you know, saved everyone, you know? I know it's a downer of an ending, but that sort of like, 
lifts the pedal up for me and like makes it a tiny bit more hopeful <laughs> mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. it's super dark <laughs> that some kid dies and like his family's we, grieving I mean, like we know yeah. he's super depressed like it, a, a suicide attempt is going to succeed finally i guess Mm-hmm. So good for you, buddy. I guess. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Good for you. You got you got one thing. You got one thing going for him mm-hmm. before he died. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I want to transition into Southland Tales. Um, so so Gene. <sighs> yes. Donnie Darko. Uh, at this point, I I imagine you've seen it a few times. You love it in the mid two thousands. But going into Southland Tales, tell us about. You know, finding out about the movie, your anticipation for it when you saw it, your initial thoughts. Southland Tales time. Gene? Sure. Yes. Yeah, so I, I believe the first time I saw it was, uh, yeah, well, I, I kind of knew about this movie for a while, reading about it when it came out. I think I just kind of held up on seeing it. Um, I probably saw like some other Richard Kelly film, like The Box I probably saw before. Oh, before uh, Southland Tales and okay. yeah I was just kind of holding up so I, I finally rented it and uh, I, I don't know if this was purposeful or not but like the uh, day that I rewatched it was like it was like that week between like Biden's inauguration and like Trump's like insurrection <laughs> so it was like what you know you watched this that, on like, January 4th January 4th yeah it was just like a weird headspace you know of like oh man this is like almost too too real but yeah it was just um i was uh, really struck by that film i watched both cuts and originally and like god damn like what a very accurate film on america <laughs> or where things were headed yeah like you know it's just like reality tv and you know corporations things like that but he hits it in a very like sub- sublime way yeah it's a based movie Mm-hmm. Very based. I was gonna say because I know he's like such a sore sore subject, but it's like it's so interesting to see like The Rock is actually kind of a good actor, or he can be. Yeah. Because I I thought he's good in this movie. He just doesn't want it. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. care for this kind of like I don't know. I think I yeah. saw him. I looked up like a press conference interview, and he seems like proud of the movie when he was at Cannes. But I'm like, oh man. It's the last like dramatic thing he ever did, and then he's like, "One, let's just make like bottom of the barrel blockbusters." Yeah, like, like Black Adam. Yeah, it's it's this and what like Pain and Gain, uh, which came out a few Pain years Gain, later, yeah. and then after that, yeah, Fast Five, which like we're we're on the eve of. Oh yeah, something else happening. I'm not going to spoil it of another thing that The Rock is in, um, but yeah, it's a running theme on this show. I, I do I go back and forth. I, I do like the guy. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I'm yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I think I know where you're coming from, Gene. It's like he, especially after Black Adam, you know, crashed and burned. <laughs> he sh- he should have at least tried to do something along the lines of a Southland Tales, or or mm-hmm. maybe do an indie and sort of expand on like the his 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 acting powers. I know he has. He shows it off in Southland mm-hmm. Tales. It's. A very yeah. unusual, weird performance, but it's very good. Um, yeah, he's like he's so good in this. I love like his little like nuances. Like, what's the thing he keeps doing with his hands in the movie? Like, <laughs> yeah. he keeps putting his like kind of cups his hands in like a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a parallel. I've never thought about this before, but it just popped into my head of him and Tom Cruise, where <laughs> they both are. You know, like top of the line blockbuster actors probably mm-hmm. paid 
twenty million a movie, mm-hmm. and uh, and both of them can open a movie to and it sell it to make a billion dollar movie. Um, like we're, I'm sure we're all three looking forward to Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Yes, yep. Uh, Saw the trailer this morning. Fantastic. But both of these people, I'm like screaming for years, like, please, man, please go back and like Tom Cruise. Like, I would kill, kill for him to do another <laughs> Magnolia, like yeah. something like that. Um, and yeah, same. He, like both of them just seem disinterested in it and they're just mm-hmm. doing their action movie thing. But all, but at the same time, I think Tom Cruise is very successful at that and his movies are good. Uh, <laughs> That's the difference. Oh. And the rock, uh-huh. the rock has like a, you know, like a 40% hit rate or something. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh man. No, I just I kind of feel bad for the rock because it's like, well, a little bit as 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 bad as, as like you know, bad as you could feel for like you know someone that's like hugely successful. <laughs> but I'm like, goddamn. I mean, just think of like you know, like uh, he had to go like crawling back to the Fast and the Furious franchise. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's just like, did you guys ever see that photo where it's like he's in his like he's in this office and there's like all these like Black Adam like you know todd mcfarland toys and they're they're in this like like you know the lights are down and they're watching like the, the latest cut of the movie and it's like the way they photograph this film and there's like people and they're so intent it's like the people compared it to like uh that photo where it's like obama was like watching the osama bin laden raid yeah. it's like that <laughs> the level of like seriousness and like uh self-interest he had in this like one comic book movie that ended up like tanking this whole universe that's like insane insanity to me i'm like this is uh like a movie in itself like what happened you know so you said you saw the cons cut and the theatrical cut like back to back right yeah that's correct yeah your quick thoughts overall thoughts on the cons cut or like can you flat out say right now which one you prefer cons cut or theatrical cut i think the theatrical cut at least for me yeah okay Uh Interesting. What do you think, uh, it's just I feel like at times the Cayenne's cut feels a little too long in the tooth, at least for me. Hmm. It's, uh, uh, it's a question now we ask of everybody, but I, I find it interesting um, because I, I'm assuming, I think I know your answer, Gene. It's like if you were to say, hey, uh, if you haven't seen Southland Tales, Watch this version. I think Gene, you'd say, mm-hmm. "Hey, person who hasn't seen Seth Until us, watch the theatrical cut." Is that is that right to say? Yeah, I would. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree there. Yeah, um, because I I, I I don't know, Marcus. For me, back I go back and forth. I, I I think the theatrical cut is the way to go in the beginning. It's like, hey, let's this kind of like is a is a kind of quicker route to the world of Seth Until's. Whereas the cons cut, I do prefer the cons cut over the theatrical cut, but. First, yeah. first time watchers, I think they'd have to go theatrical cut, right? There's there's something mm-hmm. about it that's like it's a litmus test for can you do you care? Do you care enough? <laughs> do you care like, enough about this? <laughs> are you getting anything out of this? Yeah. What, what, uh, and if you are, great. Watch the con cut, and it'll make more sense to you, and that's mm. cool. Now, also, there's the flip side of it where watch the con cut and it will make more sense to you on your first time viewing. Cause I think they explain everything better. So 
there, I see both sides of it. I can, and obviously I came from the theatrical, uh, with the, for years spent with the theatrical version and then eventually got to con like just a couple years ago. And so like, I tend to maybe prefer that route, but mm-hmm. also if you, it depends on the person. It depends on the person. Right. It, it, it really does. Like I, I can see, I can see recommending both for different reasons to different people. If, if someone wants to watch it, I'm going to say this, Hey, get two TV screens, play both simultaneously. <laughs> oh uh, my God. Get the arrow release, by the way, <laughs> two disc version, play them at the same time. You'll be fine. Uh, Gene, thank you. Uh, uh, fantastic guest. Uh, Wonderful guest. Oh, thank you. Fun thank time. you. Yeah, yeah. This is a fun time. I really appreciate it. Uh, before, What's your plugs? Oh, yeah, yeah. Before we go, plugs. Gene, plug yourself. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Gene9892. Uh, you know, fun tweets from time to time. Uh, and then you could uh, follow the Waffle Press. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube. Um, yeah, if you want to hear our crazy movie thoughts or whatever subscribe there or or not who knows but yeah do it folks do it they're cool people um uh, try yeah, yeah. try <laughs> thank you once again gene uh marcus uh our plugs hey go follow gunk blader marcus's twitter account uh mm-hmm. um go check out our our backlog of uh episodes our catalog go to southland tales nope that's not the link. Go to talkfilmsociety.com slash Southland Tales. Imagine if we got the southlandtales.com uh, domain. <laughs> you know what? Can we do that? It's kind of, okay, yeah. We've talked about it, but it was a very long time ago. If you go to southlandtales.com, uh, you find a very mean-spirited joke that somebody's saying, like, here's how you make a movie. Oh, uh, I remember that. <laughs> it sucks. I hate it. Uh-huh. I want to get that away from that asshole. <laughs> so let's see. We should do a fundraiser. To buy those <laughs> tales, don't yeah. Mind. Let's not raise money for any other causes, any other important no. endeavors. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just raise money to buy a domain from some asshole. Let's do that. <laughs> uh, I, I I'm on southlandtales.com and there's there's nothing. Hmm. Oh, did they? Did they? I wonder uh, if the if the domain expired. Huh. Okay. Well. Well, we don't have to raise that much money then. All right, we're going to look into it. We're going to see how much the domain costs, and maybe next episode we'll say, hey, go to southlandtales.com to listen to the back catalog. <laughs> but don't go there yet. There's nothing. Um, all right, that's enough of us. Um, one more thanks to Gene. Uh, oh. Marcus, congratulations. Another great episode. Um, oh, thank you, sir. And, uh, and to you as well. Thank you. And now for our closing catchphrase, which is now new. This is what we say from now on. So here we go. Ready? What? Ready? <laughs> I want to hear this. Um, what? It, what? What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. We just about. said a it one? 10 minutes ago. Uh, nobody rocks the cock like have a nice podcast. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, God. <laughs> and now. Okay, yeah, for sure. For our closing catchphrase, which I'm sure we'll say uh, from now to the end of the series. For sure. Nobody, nobody rocks, rocks the, cock the cock like, like have, have a, a nice apocalypse. apocalypse. And pimps don't commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Pimps don't commit suicide. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>